The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Living a life of joy and peace begins with knowing all you need is right inside you all the time. Waiting to be revealed and shared. Welcome to Timeshare, Living Reality, Navigating the Dream, with your host, Marie Jackson. Listen in as Marie and her regular contributors guide you to realizing the perfection you already are. Now, here is Marie Jackson. Welcome to Timeshare on Voice America's Seventh Wave. I'm Marie Jackson. A timeshare for many of us is a vacation spot, a break from the routine, a place to go for a change of scene or a timeout from the to-do list. Afterward, we return, feeling refreshed, energized, rested. The timeshare you just tuned into is a bit like that. You can take a timeout from your schedule, take a break and a breath, then go back to your day seeing things perhaps a bit differently, broader, bigger, deeper. Every Thursday from noon until 1 U.S. Eastern Time, my regular contributors and I discuss and explore the subject of metaphysical spirituality, which is a field of study, a philosophy, or a science, seeking to know life's essence beyond what we recognize as physical. Timeshare offers conversations to help deepen our comfort with questions, questions that bridge the gap between materialist science and ideology or faith, and you're invited to join in the conversation. Our intention is to make Timeshare a forum for practical applications of ancient and contemporary teachings, applications to help us understand life, each other, and how to live the happiness that is our birthright. Today I am joined by my regular first and third Thursday contributor, holistic psychotherapist Douglas Economy. Douglas uses the term holistic because he is licensed as such in Germany and, more importantly, because he believes all forms of genuine healing involve the whole being and that our transformation arises from love, which is our true nature, our divine spirit reality within. Douglas works with a variety of modalities, including constellation therapy, relationship coaching, and accessing your essence, a process he developed. Our conversations center around A Course in Miracles and how we can apply its teachings to daily living. A Course in Miracles has been described as a psycho-spiritual self-study curriculum or thought system showing us the way to universal love and peace. It teaches that there are no sins to be forgiven, only perceptions to be corrected. This correction leads to atonement, which is the undoing of the ego's belief in separation from God, the source of all being or life. It is from this teaching that we can view life differently. Welcome, Douglas, and thank you again for being here. Thank you for having me. It's always a great delight. Today is part one of our conversation. March 17 is part two. And Timeshare's topic for March is vision. 
And the statement is our view of the glass as half full or half empty changes once we realize there's no glass. I'm really eager to explore this with you, Douglas, through the lens of A Course in Miracles because so many of the lessons from the Course apply in this one statement. And I'd like to get started with something that I read in Chapter 20 from the text. Chapter 20, Section 5, the last line from Paragraph 4. Vision is Vision or judgment is your choice, but never both of these. Can you address that statement and, and tell me how you understand it? Yes, I'm happy to. Um, uh, for me, this statement uh, shows that the analogy that you came up with, by the way, Marie, that the, this famous idea of the glass being half empty or half full, how do we see the world? Uh, it's really a wonderful depiction of the Course in Miracles general teaching uh, to a very large degree. Um, and he says there, you know, we have two choices, judgment or vision. And in a way, you could say it boils right down to that. That's one way of of putting the whole teaching in, in a very short expression. Uh, what does he mean by judgment? What does he mean by by vision? See, if we, if the world to us is a question of whether we see it as the glass being half empty or half full, shows that we're in a constant dilemma. We're in a con- we're in a world of absolute relativity. There's nothing nothing certain, nothing constant. We think a lot of people think that natural law is constant and certain, and eternal and divine, and I can respect that, and it seems very plausible, but all you have to do is look at quantum physics and mechanics today, and it kind of blows the whole idea of natural law out of the sky. So in any case, it's a world of everything is in flux, and, and it's relative, and there's no constant, there's no truth in this world. And by this world, I mean the time, world of time, space, and form. So <clears throat> here we are, and everything that we perceive needs to be interpreted by each one of us. Otherwise, we cannot make sense of it. If I see this round thing with a kind of an oval thing attached to it, and I don't know, have no means of interpreting that, I will never know that this is a teacup. It's a whole bunch of information that I need beforehand to know this is a teacup. But to one person it's a teacup, the other it's a coffee cup. And the Eskimos have 30 different expressions, I think, somewhere around there, of what snow is. So nobody has the same perception and understanding of what we would call the same thing in time, space, and form. Not so to how mention, do you, yeah. let, let me back up just for a real quick second because you used an interesting word that I that I want to juxtapose against judgment. What's the difference between interpretation and judgment? It's the same in this case. Um, okay. Or okay. not exactly. Interpretation leads then to a judgment. And uh, I was going to get to that. Okay. So, I'm sorry. So we need to. No, that's okay. That's fine. Um, 
So we interpret what we see, and then we make a judgment, and then we believe that judgment is true. And that's how we go around the world. Mm. We think it's true, but it's not. Everything will show that, it, or there's always tons of evidence to show that it actually is not true. It could be just the same. It could be very different, too. So what's true for one person is different for what's true for another person. And, and neither one nor both could be true in the truest sense. Exactly. Okay. And so with that variation of what is true or not true, let's look at that same idea in a somewhat broader sense, des describing the world of time, space, and form, because it's a world of multiplicity. And it's as soon as you have multiplicity, you're going to have degrees, you're going to have opposites, you're going to have, you know, all kinds of qualifications, good and bad, faster, slower, whatever. And that's this relativity I was speaking about. <coughs> and not only that, there's also the aspect of there's no infinite and there's no eternal. So what it throws up for us, too, is the experience that we think, that we ex interpret, here it goes. When that, what we call the body, it stops functioning, the interpretation is death. And the interpretation of death, on the, on the other hand, is something very terminal, and we don't know what happens after. And so, so that's tremendous fear there. So we have fear of death. We have fear of life altogether, because navigating life in such incredible uncertainty is difficult. You know, we never know what's going to happen. All kinds of things can happen. And the way we experience everything that happens has much to do with the vulnerabilities, the psychodynamics we carry, which then lead us to a certain interpretation. And then we judge that event in a certain way where one person will say, you know, this is the nightmare of nightmares, and the next person say it's no big deal. So, it, you know, this is the conundrum of the life we have as so-called human beings in this world we call the universe. Well, we're coming. <clears throat> we're coming to the close. Believe it or not, of our first of our first uh, segment Mike. already which is a little bit stunning to me. But what I'm hoping that we can approach before we need to um, take a break um, is a, a little bit of this view of half full and half empty. If you can give us an overview of right mind and wrong mind, because the right mind is that there's no glass, and the right. wrong mind is making the definition of full or empty. So can you approach a little bit of that until we until we need to go to the uh, other uh, side? Of course. Um, so the, <clears throat> the next piece here in this in this topic is, and going back to the statement you quoted from the, the course, is that juxtaposed to judgment as the opposite is what he calls vision. And vision is that the way of seeing of what the author of The Course in Miracles, which is Jesus, calls the right mind. And the wrong mind is the mind of what we would call the, he would call the ego, which one could also describe as the persona or the psyche, or that what we <clears throat> understand of being the self with a small s, depicting us as a personality, as a separate entity, separate personality, 
here called Douglas and you called Marie. And it is this wrong mind that judges and has no other ability to react or be present to the world as by judgment, whereas the true nature of our being, the spirit reality within us, sees only through vision. And the big difference between the two is one sees judgment, is sees illusion, sees interpretations, relativity, all this stuff, whereas vision sees the truth. And the truth is, <clears throat> there's no glass, but the judgment sees full or empty exactly. relative to what the ego needs and how the ego understands what it perceives, which gets to something that you like to talk about a lot, which is meaning. What does this mean? What exactly. is our what does our view show us as valuable or not so valuable? Um, and and I think I think that's an important thing to pick up. We're going to pick that up on the other side of the break. We're almost on a break here, so let me remind our listeners that you are you are tuned to Timeshare on Voice America Seventh Wave. Holistic psychotherapist Douglas Economy and I are looking at vision through the lens of A Course in Miracles. And when we come back, we'll go a little deeper into the teaching where vision tells us there's no glass and ego tells us that we can decide if it's full or empty. But how do you decide if something's full or empty if it's not real to begin with? You can join the conversation by calling us at 1-866-472-5795. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Marie Jackson is a holistic mentor in the field of metaphysical spirituality. Her practice includes private advising, workshops, and talks. Clients and students are offered tools, guidance, practices, and resources for managing stress and realizing personal power. Marie has a focus on intention and the law of attraction. By staying true to the spirit of who you are in daily living, you can process short and long-term goals, negotiate and hold boundaries, and clarify communication and commitments in work, relationships, and family dynamics. For more information, visit mariejackson.net. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are tuned into Timeshare Living Reality Navigating the Dream. To reach Marie Jackson or her guest today, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. If you'd rather send an email, her email address is marie at mariejackson.net. Now, back to Timeshare. Welcome back. Thank you for listening. Before we went to break, Douglas and I were talking about right mind, wrong mind, vision, judgment, and a lot of this can get mixed up because we're going back and forth between 
uh, what we value, what we don't value, the things that we give meaning. I'd like to read a quote from Ken Wapnick. Ken Wapnick has been referred to as a scholar uh, relative to A Course in Miracles. And I have a couple of his books. I, I, I have to be honest and say I get about, mm, about 70% of what he's saying um, because the, the, the text itself can be pretty daunting. And I'm really glad that I have Douglas to help me navigate some of this. So I'm going to read a quote from Ken. And um, Douglas, if, if we can talk about this a little bit. He talks about right mind, wrong mind. Um, that's not Ken's talking. That's, that is the text talking, right mind, wrong mind. But this is Ken's interpretation. He says he sees judgment in a sense of condemnation. The, that's the wrong mind. We see judgment in a sense of condemnation. From dualism must come better, worse, more, less, worthy, worthless, and here we see separation. It was what you were talking about earlier, Douglas, about the multiplicity. Judgment is always based on the past. In the right mind, we use vision, which is based in the present. People are seen either as expressing love or calling for it. Can you help us with that expressing love or calling for it? If we fall into the past, we're calling for love. But if we're expressing love, we're staying in the moment. Can you help, yes. help me with that a little bit? Uh, love to it's it's there's he the author quotes this uh, twice i think it's in the course twice it, it comes up um and i i just love it so much he says there are only two kinds of acts in the world it's i'm free trans, free quote here it's not exactly the words but pretty close only two kinds of acts in the world it's either an act of love or a call for love, and there's nothing in between. I love that so much. That's beautiful. So, yeah. <clears throat> so yes, it, you see the 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 call for love is in every act, every thought we have that doesn't come from or lead to the reality of the divine, which is love. So. You know, when we're thinking about anything else, whether we know it or not, underneath is there's this fear, there's this uncertainty, there's this this dread, one could say, that is so basic to the human psyche because we live in what we think, we believe is a separated world. We're very, each one of us is very alone here. And <clears throat> we might think we have a, or experience a relationship to God or Jesus, a lot of people do, and that's fabulous. That's uh, much of, of what we're talking about in the shift from the wrong mind to the right mind. But <clears throat> the Course takes it a little bit further, and it not only a little bit in the way it's, it's to the reality that juxtaposed to this world of multiplicity called duality, <clears throat> The real world, the world that God created, according to the Course's teaching, but only not not only the Course of Miracles. This is at the basis <clears throat> of Buddhism, of Hinduism. Yeah, Sufi a lot of the successful Ayas. wisdom traditions, yes, have that, yes. Have that at, their, at their foundation. This is a, a very old, ancient spiritual truth or wisdom that reality, the reality that God created is one of non-dualism, where all is one, and that one is, is love. And it is God or an extension of God. Is that what he creates in absolute identity to himself? 
and that is up. And that's what he's talking, that's what Ken Wapnick is talking about when he says people are seen either as expressing love or calling for it. Exactly. Um, and I, I love that because it just makes it so simple. It really just, right. every act is either an expression of love or, an, or a need for love. And it yes, takes right. me, one of the things that, that I still bounce around from time to time trying to help me navigate all of this is uh, the principles. And I'd like to explore a, a principle relative to what you said about um, uh, a need, an expression of love, or um, or expression of love, or a call for love, and that's principle number one about what principle a miracle of the miracle. is. Yeah. yeah, what principle number one? The first principle of a miracle is there is no order of difficulty. One is not harder or bigger. All expressions of love. Are maximal, but it takes us back to this judgment thing again. Exactly, it's not like I have to love the whole world. I can just love this moment now with you, with my listeners, with um, the pen that I'm using to make notes. Am I living the love? Um, I can live it for the whole world, or I can live it in this moment um, because they're the same thing. True, um, but if you look at it a little bit more closely, it's. Love can only true love can only happen in the moment because in the in the now the absolute now mm-hmm, the eternal mm-hmm. now there is no other there's no duality so the love we're talking about here is not love of something other another person or an mm-hmm, object or whatever mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. is the beingness of love we are love and there is nothing else so we are love there is nothing else okay then then tie that for me because i'm i'm getting a little wobbly here tie that to expressing love or calling for it so in the e- so we can only express love or call for love if we stay in the ego state but if we stay in our pure state in our truth state we don't have to call or express it because we already are we are but here to me the, the being love and expressing love is is the same. I don't really see a difference because <clears throat> I might not be expressing it to someone else, but if I am that, that's that's my exp- expression because of what I am. And okay, by the way, okay. it does bring up for me the the whole thought that <clears throat> in our spirit reality, in our divine reality, we co-create with God, and that creation is an activity that is love. So actually there is expression of love in terms of true creation. Um, mm. Okay, so, okay. So there's that expression of love um, as being the love. And then um, there's the need for love or the calling for love. And it, it, I express I am the love when I'm in why, what he calls the right mind, which is right and wrong here doesn't mean good or bad at all. It has nothing with, to do with that. It's... The right mind is the true mind, that the, the mind that truly exists, whereas the wrong mind, the mind of my ego, my persona, is something that the ego itself came up with and produced for itself and is illusionary. And when I'm in that mind, by the very nature of what it is, namely, it is a mind that has, is the result of the thought of separation. I am now not one with God. I am the separate human being on earth. That's the whole idea. That's the separation. And that's, and the, lo- and that's the loss of vision. And that's the loss of vision. And that's the loss of vision, and, okay. And necessarily the loss of love, true love, 
and therefore necessarily the call for love, because our true reality, we all, somewhere it's deep down we know what our home is, where we come from, who we really are. And we all have this deep yearning to go back. Whether it's conscious or not is a different question, but it does express itself always in everyone's need for love. That's do, where that do, comes through. Do you, make a, do you make a distinction between love and God? No, I don't think one can do that. It's the same. So if everything that we're saying here, we can use the words love and God interchangeably. So we're either living as love, as an expression of God, and as or not. If we, if we, do we have to be conscious of that all the time? Do, do no, we need no. to be conscious of our expression? Well, let's. I would put it this way, and I have to correct myself a little bit. God and love, in so far, are not identical. That God, love is always God, but God is in so far more than love, theoretically. Uh, okay. Because God is also creatorship, which is a very important piece. Okay. And but on the other hand, creatorship and love again go hand in hand. See, reality, divine reality, is holographic. Every part is part of everything else. Mm -hmm. And every part is, is depicted in the whole and vice versa. Mm -hmm. So it, it's just to talk about reality, in the end, we know it's not really possible because our vocabulary is, is so linear. Limited. No, it's so limited. Yeah, it yeah. just doesn't work. It's limited and limiting, yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, but back to your, that, a question also if do we need to think ourselves as God or the God concept or whatever when we are love it, no because or this is my personal answer no because when I am love it's not thought really it is a beingness it's a state of being and the more I can access that the more I am I have just the pure awareness the simple awareness that that reality that I am is divine reality in the part of God. That God and I are not separate. I'm part of him, or it, or she. Um, I see. There's no difference, really. And I see. So it comes with it, so to speak. I understand. Um, you're reminding me of a statement that I heard not long ago, which at, at first kind of slapped me around, and then, of course, it just made so much sense to me. Um, that God does not forgive and the follow-up to that is God does not forgive because God does not judge. Exactly. And and I think that that is just so eye-opening and so so fertile for ideas and like where do we go with this? Okay, because it takes us to how we see things. Are we judging something? If we're judging, we're not using vision. If we're not using vision, we're not seeing the truth of what it is. And that takes us to the place of how do we see the truth? How do we let go of our preconceived ideas and our competitive uh, natures? How do we do all of that? Um, and that's what the course is all about. The course is, you know, it's a, what a miracle is. It's a correction of how we see things and how we, and how we perceive things. Exactly. Um, a lot of what we're talking about um, and what I just talked about with forgiveness is um, the cultural understanding of forgiveness is an absolution or a pardon you did something wrong, I have judged you, but I will let you go at this time. 
But the original definition of forgiveness in the Greek is to let go. And that's pretty much what the Course is talking about, too, isn't it? Isn't that what forgiveness is? So as yeah. we're looking at this glass of half full and half empty, if we let go of that assessment altogether, if we, quote, forgive that assessment altogether, that takes us to vision, doesn't it? Yes. Yes, it does. And that's so, our objective here, yeah. Exactly. One of the... In my understanding, I don't know if anybody's put it that way exactly, but the way I I describe the teaching when I put it as best I can into the most simple terms, there's two aspects of the same Koran that he teaches us simultaneously. It's like two things we need to do to undo the separation and find our way back to our divine reality, which is one with God, and that is love. That's that process of atonement, as he calls it. Mm -hmm. And the one part is forgiveness, which plays a huge role in the teaching, and the other part is vision, because only through vision can we then perceive reality, which is oneness and, and love. And so forgiveness, what is that? It's removing the blocks that stand in the way of the vision, that stand in the way of the the awareness of love's presence, as he calls it, says it in the in the preamble, way in the beginning, in the introduction. Beautiful. Removing sentence. the blocks, we need to remove the blocks. Uh, we're exactly. just about we're just about on a break here, so we're going to pick that up uh, on the other side of the break. You're tuned to Timeshare on Voice America's Seventh Wave. I am Marie Jackson, and with me today is Timeshare's regular first and third Thursday contributor, holistic psychotherapist Douglas Economy. In the minute or two that we're gone, you can take a look at our websites, mariejackson.net and douglaseconomy.com. Our conversation will continue when we come back. Please stay with us. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Marie Jackson is a holistic mentor in the field of metaphysical spirituality. Her practice includes private advising, workshops, and talks. Clients and students are offered tools, guidance, practices, and resources for managing stress and realizing personal power. Marie has a focus on intention and the law of attraction. By staying true to the spirit of who you are in daily living, you can process short and long-term goals, negotiate and hold boundaries, and clarify communication and commitments in work, relationships, and family dynamics. For more information, visit mariejackson.net. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned into Timeshare, Living Reality, Navigating the Dream. To reach Marie Jackson or her guest today, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. 
If you'd rather send an email, her email address is marie at mariejackson.net. Now, back to Timeshare. We are back. I am Marie Jackson, and I'm here today with holistic psychotherapist Douglas Economy, and we're discussing how A Course in Miracles helps us see things differently, see with the eyes of vision instead of with the eyes of the ego. The Course doesn't give us solutions to the human condition. It just asks us to see the human condition in a different way, and in seeing it differently, we can transcend it, which is the point of the teaching. Douglas, I, I want to quote something from Ken Wapnick. I mentioned him earlier in the broadcast. I want, to, I want to mention something else that he said here because I really want to pursue this one word with you. Wapnick says, quote, Since we share the illusion of being, I love this, since we share the illusion of being separate, we must first share the illusion of joining with each other. Then we can awaken and remember that we are already joined which begins with forgiveness, that's what we talked about in the last segment, forgiveness, forgiveness, and letting go of what was in the past. And in my conversations with you, you want to approach a word that he says. He says we must first share the illusion of joining, and what you say is that we may first share the illusion of joining. Can we go right to vision, or do we have to um, accept that we're in this illusion of separation. Thank you for asking because, <clears throat> you know, the two of us had have set as our goal for this program that we try our best to give the listeners practical and specific uh, tools or possibilities of of doing some of the work. Mm-hmm. And here's a moment where we, I hope at least. Uh, to do that, namely, by all means, we we can access our divinity right now, just like that, in this moment. It, it is not complicated. It's it's much simpler than we think. The only problem is um, that the ego which stands in the way that's all the judgment of the ego the the way the ego mind the wrong mind functions and operates the way it sees the world and therefore judges the world and by through judgment upholds the separation and all this stuff and you know the the goal as we now have understood is to reaccess the reality of oneness that we're one with all beings and so it's the ego that stands in the way. And the ego is, from a psychological point of view, nothing other, in my understanding, of thought, feeling, and reactive patterns. Thought, feeling, and reactive patterns. It's all it is. It's not a metaphysical reality. So, <clears throat> But the point is that these patterns are extremely strong. They're habits. So we can access vision quite readily can we stay in that perception that's very difficult and that takes years of practice usually years of practice uh, I don't want to put that out there that anybody could use take much shorter time we always have to be open to all possibilities so vision how do we access that do you, I want to pause for you if you want 
Um, well, when you say, you know, we can do this, all we have to do is, um, we could. it's open to us right now. The, I was making notes while you were talking here, and the two things that came up were, you know, we have access to it immediately right now, this minute, which I wrote down the word access equals heaven, question mark. Yes. So heaven can be right here, right now, this minute for any of us. Yes. Um, but some of us, and I, I, as we're having this conversation, I'm thinking about some of the clients that I've worked with. Um, the ones, one in particular that I'm thinking about, would consider giving up his ego as too much of a price to pay in order to get have that access to exercise that access, um, and that's the work that could take a lifetime or could take you know half a second. Yes. Um, if we let go of what we perceive to be valuable yeah. in this egoic framework yeah. and say it's all an illusion and what's real is the real bliss. That's the real, that's the real value here. Yes. And it's open to us. We don't have to, we don't have to, we don't have to go through any machinations for it. It's right here, right now. It's right here, right now. Now, <clears throat> The great fear, of course, there's much fear in, in when we attempt to do this naturally mm. because the ego knows that if we really pursue this seriously, it's out the window. It's mm. it's going to be, eventually it's going to be gone because yeah, the whole too. purpose is to transcend, undo or release the ego, whichever way you want to call it. So the ego is going to fight us and there's going to be a lot of fear. Now there's the beauty of it and, and the, this course, again, it's so countless ways just reveals in the most in a way I cannot describe the love and the the nature of of the the author which you know isn't in fact Jesus I myself have stated on, on in this program how a long time I, I was very doubtful because I just said mm-hmm. uh, what you know Jesus comes along and and, and would do this, but but I, I cannot doubt. In any case, what I'm pointing towards is that the teaching is designed for us to be able to deal with the fears of the ego and and the the difficulty that's all around that. So it's a very gentle step by step guidance over time period that leads us gently but very assuredly to that goal. It's phenomenal. So, and and one of the ways, yeah, you wanted to say something? Well, I just wanted to mention something to you because you're, when it, it, it takes me to something that I remember reading in Chapter 21 um, that I need you to help me understand um, because what you're talking about, transcending the ego, undoing the ego, letting go of the ego, um, there's one part of chapter 21, section 2, paragraph 8, that says, um, undoing is not your task. I think it's the judgment that he's talking about here, undoing the judgment. Undoing is not your task, but it is up to you to welcome it or not. There we go with yes. choice again. Yes. Um, help me with that. Undoing it is not my task. Um, yes. See, the... The undoing itself uh, is something that we cannot do because that would mean that the ego undoes itself. See, and that's it's when as long as the we the the one he means by you 
is the one who's still identified with the ego mind and operates from that place. Oh, Douglas, you just made that so clear. Yeah. Oh, gosh, you just made that so clear. The undoing is not my task, but welcoming it is. Exactly. Oh, gosh, that light just went on. Okay. That light just went on in my head. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, please continue, please. Yeah. So it's the Holy Spirit. That's a term he uses. Uh, we can use it if the Holy Spirit doesn't doesn't jive with the listeners, which I understand, because it has a, a Christian connotation that mm-hmm. is not meant by that at all. Mm-hmm. That that came much later through the church. Uh, but you t- say that your higher self or the spirit reality within you, the voice for God, the, the spirit connection or consciousness that connects you with divine consciousness, whatever you want to call that. <clears throat> It plays a huge role. This this entity he calls the Holy Spirit plays a tremendous role in the teaching, because <clears throat> you see, we since we've we the ego completed the separation in such an extreme way, and and uh, made this this incredible forgetting happen uh, in order to keep itself alive, forgetting our true nature. We. We need something that leads us out and teaches us the way out of this conundrum, and that's the Holy Spirit, which is within us, which is a part of our identity. But <clears throat> there's a little bit an exception to that, that it is completely our identity, namely that it has to do with the fact that God is the creator of reality, not we. So the Holy Spirit points us to the creation of reality, which we can't ultimately do in that sense. But otherwise, we are spirit nature and the Holy Spirit are the same thing. And it does the undoing. It has to do the undoing of the judgment. Because it wasn't it uh, Einstein who said this famous sentence, I can't solve a problem with something that's within the problem. How does that's that work? Right. At, at the same level of thinking that created it. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly the idea. You see. Yeah. Yeah. Let me, um, oh my goodness, I can't believe we're up on a break here. Um, we're coming into a break, but I, I want to touch on one thing about the ego's definition of reality because you opened this up and I really want to pursue this. One of my favorite sections in the book is chapter 23, section two, the laws of chaos. And relative to our topic today about half full, half empty, how the ego sees it, what is vision, what's real, how do we know the difference, how do we apply the difference, two of the laws that of chaos, we're not going to, there's like five laws of chaos that the Course talks about. The first and the fourth one apply, in my view, to our topic today. And if we can just touch on them before we go to the break, Maybe the other three do as well. I don't know. But I'd like to look at these two if we can. The first is that the truth is different for everyone. Truth is different for everyone. Real truth, there's only one truth. But in the egoic sense, this is the egoic, the ego's definition of reality. Truth is different for everyone. And the fourth right. is that another's loss becomes your gain. Yes. And that's the full empty thing. Again, yeah. the full empty thing. Real truth is there's no glass. Exactly. But the ego says, my truth is different from your truth, and your, your loss is my gain. Exactly. Because it doesn't understand oneness. Mm-hmm. That you and me are one, and therefore your loss would be my loss, and your gain is my gain, or my gain is your gain. So uh, the ego doesn't understand that at all. It cannot. 
and that's because, where it falls down. That's where we fall down yeah. always. Oh, we're always right. keeping score. We're always carrying around the scoreboard. Exactly. And, and we're always competing and we're all trying to, you know, make sense of it the way we need to see it. So we're up, we're up on our final break here already. Wow. You're listening wow. to Timeshare on Voice America's 7th Wave with me, Marie Jackson, and regular first and third <laughs> Thursday contributor Douglas Economy. We're talking about vision and A Course in Miracles. You can call in with your comments or questions at 1-866-472-5795. When we come back, uh, we're only going to have a brief segment. And toward the end of that segment, we're going to talk about what's coming up for our next show, which is March 17, which takes place right before Holy Week. So we're going to be talking about that. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Marie Jackson is a holistic mentor in the field of metaphysical spirituality. Her practice includes private advising, workshops, and talks. Clients and students are offered tools, guidance, practices, and resources for managing stress and realizing personal power. Marie has a focus on intention and the law of attraction. By staying true to the spirit of who you are in daily living, you can process short and long-term goals, negotiate and hold boundaries, and clarify communication and commitments in work, relationships, and family dynamics. For more information, visit mariejackson.net. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are tuned into Timeshare, Living Reality, Navigating the Dream. To reach Marie Jackson or her guest today, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. If you'd rather send an email, her email address is marie at mariejackson.net. Now, back to Timeshare. Welcome back. Thank you for listening in. Uh, Douglas, before we went to break, uh, we were talking about understanding vision and zero-sum games where somebody loses and somebody wins and and how the ego decides to preserve itself and compete. And there's just so much stuff to say about the ego. Uh, what I really came to is we need a longer show. Um, but in addition <laughs> to that... <laughs> Um, uh, before we, um, before we get too far into this segment, uh, I would like to know how you would ask our listeners to access that most important part of themselves, the forgiveness that takes them to vision. Can you address all of that? Because that kind of wraps up what we've been talking about for the last number of yes. minutes. I'd be happy to, but I'd also like to put in a request to Voice America that we extend our show to four hours per day, <laughs> every, every day. Four, oh, we'll you think we can, yeah, that probably wouldn't be enough time either, Douglas. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is quite the um, topic, yeah. It is. It's, it's great. It's great joy to do this. So in any case, yeah, vision. Um, see, when the question comes up, how do I exercise vision? How do I do that? 
um, what comes to my mind is this fabulous um, uh, advertisement that Nike, I think, used to have. I don't know if everybody remembers. Oh, it just said, do it. just do it. Just do it. Yeah. Because, you see, what vision is, is, is an, it's a, a piece of the holographic reality that is divine reality that does not in any shape or form conform to the, the ego mind that is based on duality, on linear thinking, on concepts, on subject, object, all that kind of stuff. Um, so we can't explain, we can't describe vision. I can't say how to do it because there's no words for that. However, there's something we can do. And that is that, that points to it. But what I'm saying is a pointer. It's not it, but these are pointers. And the one is that I need to have a certain understanding. If I don't have the right frame of mind, then vision can't enter that mind. And what I mean by that is something very simple, very basic, simple, and many of the, the lessons in the Course in Miracles are exactly those points, those understandings. Uh, one I would like to pick out, one of my favorites, is he, he gives us the lesson to repeat, I am the light of the world. So I have to embrace the idea that I am light, I'm divine light, just as an example. There's many other things I can embrace as a concept, as an understanding of what it is that vision is about. So the second step then is once I, I take something like I am light or there is light, there is divine light around me or reality is divine light, just as an example, then all I need to do is imagine that. Set our imagination in function because our imagination is a very, very critical step towards manifestation of what actually is. That's one of the divine gifts that also our ego mind has, but is it's actually a rem remnant, I believe, of our spirit minds. Then, so can, when I, can, yeah? let me, I just want to stop you for a real quick second here because what. Uh, when you when you were saying you know about the Nike phrase, just do it. Is this something that we do or something that we allow? Thank you. That's the next step. Ah, uh, okay. What I have to do is I have to be in the kind of in the right frame of mind. If I if I think of a football match, it might not happen. Okay. If I think of I am the light of the world, it's much more likely to happen. You see. The another thing is I have to do is I have to set something in motion uh, that can allow it again through my imagination. But then comes the critical piece. Thank you, Marie. That is exactly the point. Then comes allowing because vision is not of my own so-called ego mind that, that I'm coming from. Vision is something that my spirit mind entertains. Mm -hmm. and, I'm and, it's going always, and it's always there. And it's always there. It's always and there. with practice, with practice, it's all about shifting into my spirit mind. And then at some point, vision will become my default yeah. state of, of oh. seeing. And that's the practice. That's the practice. And that's the practice. And so the crucial piece is then I have to be open to receive. And my spirit mind, my higher self, the Holy Spirit, whatever you want to call it, 
will give it. I can guarantee it. Because it's been sitting there for eons waiting for you to do this. And it is so delighted. It will it will just delight in the opportunity of giving you the vision that you're asking for. Once so the act, once we we allow it by getting the ego out of the way. That's exactly. the do part. The do part exactly. is getting the ego out of the way. Thank you. That's a great way to describe it. The okay. do part is get the ego out of the way and open myself up and ask. And ask. You know, help me. It may I receive. And it will come. And that's and the allowance will, part. Yeah, okay. The allowance part. And you yeah. will experience that divine light that you are. Okay. It'll come. Okay. Um, we're, we're getting, I can't believe this, close to a close already. Um, but I don't want to go just yet. Uh, I want to thank you for all everything that you shared with us today, Douglas. has been really very helpful to me. But before we go... Um, you're going to be with us again on March the 17th, and because we're coming up on Holy Week, it's a very important time in the Christian calendar, and um, you and I have uh, an approach to this. I'd like to continue our half-full, half-empty conversation relative to how the Course sees the crucifixion and the resurrection, and what I'm saying and I want to explore, and what you're saying and what you want to explore can be the whole conversation. Was it a sacrifice? Was the crucifixion and the resurrection a sacrifice, a transformation? My position is we're beginning to lose the truth of the event because we're doubting the physicality of what happened. Can can you come from your angle on all of this too? Well, from, from my point of view, in, in respect to the topic, it's the question is, is the crucifixion even open to interpretation or our judgment? Mm-hmm. You see, that's what we're doing. That's what everybody does. And the point is that if we follow the teaching and we enter into vision and see the crucifixion from the place of vision, what do we see? And we will see in the crucifixion and understand or having a completely different meaning and purpose of what the crucifixion actually was and what Jesus' purpose in it was, it'll be very different. I can guarantee that. Well, then we really need to have that conversation because <laughs> I, I think that's where a lot of people get um, confused or lost. Um, so I'm looking forward already to our March 17 conversation. Um, thank you so, so much for being with us today. Before we close, please tell our listeners how they can get in touch with you to pursue this conversation, start another one. And we invite our listeners to write us, call us, or tweet us relative to their own ideas about what the crucifixion and the resurrection is, because that's what we're coming into here. Um, please, Douglas, how can people reach you? Very simple, very easy. Douglas Economy, in one word, douglaseconomy.com. And I will have on the radio tab, um, I found three quotes uh, that will, that you can go to the, the course and, and do a little reading around what we discussed today. Um, yeah. And there you find more about who I am and what I do and so on. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you again and again for being a regular contributor. You've been listening to Timeshare with me, Marie Jackson, your host. I am a holistic mentor in the field of metaphysical spirituality. I help people to manage stress, achieve goals, and realize personal power in daily living by staying true to the spirit of who they are in work, relationships, and family dynamics. I focus on intention and the law of attraction for developing spiritual practices to help clients and students apply tools and methods for holding boundaries, 
forming inner dialogue, and communicating clearly. You can learn more about the work I do in the field of spiritually holistic living at mariejackson.net. Please know I offer a free one-hour private and confidential conversation to anyone who contacts me, so please reach out. I'd love to talk to you. Thank you for sharing this time with us today. Next Thursday, March 10, my regular second Thursday contributor, author, coach, and magazine editor Priya Rana Kapoor will be with us with guidance for giving ourselves permission to live our lives. In the meantime, I wish you ease in living your wholeness. Thank you for tuning into Timeshare, living reality, navigating the dream. Please join your host, Marie Jackson, again next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time, as she brings you another thought-provoking show on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Have a great week.